Hey everybody, have you considered starting a podcast? We here at Screwball highly recommend Podbean for getting your podcast out to a larger audience. Podbean has given us the ability to easily bring you Screwball each and every week on all of your favorite podcast services. Use the link podbean.com slash screwball to sign up and save up to 35% annually. You can also use the link podbean.com slash pro slash screwball to sign up for a business subscription. Happy podcasting. Hey everybody, welcome back to Screwball, a baseball podcast, your home for everything baseball. I'm your host, Mike LaPree, here with my co-host, Frank White. Hey, how's it going? This is episode 88 of Screwball. Uh, we are into the off-season now, as we were during last week's episode, but this is uh, awards week now that we're hitting this far into the off-season, and we are recording this on the night of the Rookie of the Year announcements. Um, so while we are able to predict... The next three awards, the Rookie of the Years, we have seen the results for, which is going to be the centerpiece of this uh, this episode here. So we will get into uh, our award predictions just in a second, and we'll go over, like I said, the, the two Rookies of the Year and, and the, the voting that went into that. Uh, but first, there's been some news um, you know, throughout the week, as there usually is with signings, and there were uh, some more awards given out. So as we did last week, I'll let Frank kind of handle some of the little news pieces we have here and uh, who got the the respective awards that were given out last week. Yeah, so to start, we'll go into some news uh, first before we go into this uh, side awards. Um, first piece of news we got here is Gabe Kapler gets an extension from the Giants. Uh, Well-deserved there. Brousseau from the Rays gets traded to Milwaukee. It was a big part of the Rays as a, uh, versus lefties. And a big part of the rivalry they have with the Yankees. Uh, Eduardo Rodriguez gets a five-year, $77 million deal with Detroit. Um, he can opt out after the second year, though. So, oh. something to note. We have the A's expected to trade away about everybody. They sit right now at 28 guys in their 40-man roster. The Reds cutting salary. The Phillies expected to buy and, you know, increase salary. Yankees buying. So, there's some teams there. Noteworthy teams, you know, their plans for the offseason. Mm. We have some other things that the free agents are trying to sign before the December 2nd or December 1st, the possibility of a lockout. Players are, and teams are expected to try making a bunch of moves to try uh, getting most of their offseason done before then uh, for the reason is you don't know when they're going to come back. Um, players want security and safety before the, the lockout. So they want to try making a lot of these deals and be kind of ready. So when the, you know if, if there is a lockout or a delay in the season, they're kind of ready when the startup comes in. They're not like you know trying to push all these buttons at once. Right. Kind of like when the COVID came back. You know you got to try making all these decisions with only a couple weeks and then go to the season. You really have all your pieces kind of set. So that seems to be the going trend. That's why we're seeing free agency kind of as expected or how we want it, where things are moving relatively quick. Mm-hmm. And it's not like oh February we still don't have you know Bryce Harper signed like we had in the past. Right. So um, that's kind of cool, and that's the expectation too with the CBA when it's when it's finally done, as free agency will be more of a moving, a little bit faster paced, a little more action packed, like kind of like the deadline, right? Trade deadlines instead of being like, oh, we don't know who anyone's going, and we're at spring training already. Yeah, because that sucks mm-hmm. and Agreed. hurts the players and teams. Mm-hmm. So other than that, that's some of the news we got here. Some of the bigger news. Um, then we could go into some awards that we've seen. Some. Uh, some relatively big awards. We had the Platinum Glove winners. We had Nolan Arenado won the Platinum Glove in the National League. I believe that's his fifth one already. Fifth in a row or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Um, I believe it's only been going for five or six years. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so Makes sense. He's been pretty much you know the perennial one there. And Carlos Correa 
wins a platinum glove in a perfect year for him because he's a free agent. Mm-hmm. Um, but he wins a platinum glove in the American League. Other than that, we had the Hank Aaron Awards we mentioned last week who we thought was going to win. And it's precursor to the MVP voting, we think. Uh, Hank Aaron Award in the American League was Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Usually you don't win a bunch of these awards. So the idea that he won the American League uh, Hank Aaron Award could be foreshadowing the MVP race. Mm-hmm. And in the National League, same case, Bryce Harper won Hank Aaron Award. Uh, so that could foreshadow his chance at the MVP uh, award. Uh, again, these are big Hank Aaron Award year because obviously it's the first year since he's passed away. So those were um, – had a little something extra to those. Yep. Um, but those were – obviously it's a high honor award as well. And then we get to the Silver Slugger Award for the American National League. Uh, in the American League, we had catcher Salvador Perez. That's pretty obvious. Yeah. Broke some records over there. First base, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Again, he won a Silver Slugger. He won a Hank Aaron Award. I don't think he wins the MVP because of that. Yeah. Precursor to that. Marcus Simeon at second base. Great for him. Great bounce back years. Uh, Rafael Devers at third base. Alexander Bogarts at shortstop. Those are two keys to the Red Sox team. Yeah. On uh, the outfield, Teoscar Hernandez. I think that's... Um, he deserves it. I think it's a you know smaller name, I guess you can say, compared to some of these other guys, but not really. Shouldn't be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's good to see. Aaron Judge in right field. And Cedric Mullins in center field, which we talked about as a Hank Aaron Award. It's great for him. You never know you know, his career so far. It's kind of been up and down, so you never know where he'll go, but he's got this, and you know the hope is he'll continue to grow. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's really cool to see. And Otani at the DH. Yeah. Which... I guess you could say it's really surprising, right? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Um, in the National League, uh, Silver Slugger, we have Buster Posey, another little retirement gift for him. He wins the Silver Slugger. Uh, first base, Freddie Freeman. Makes sense. Second base, Ozzie Albies. Makes sense. Third base, Austin Riley. You can kind of see why maybe the Braves won the World Series. Mm-hmm. Uh, at shortstop, Fernando Tatis Jr. Possibly a little precursor to the you know, MVP race right there. Mm. Um, in the outfield, Juan Soto. That's made you can't make much more sense than that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bryce Harper, is the other outfielder, again can't. I mean, it, their stats speak for themselves. Go look at the stats. That's yeah. why they're silver sluggers. Yeah. A lot of these guys, they, they pretty much are head above. Yeah. The next guy, or pretty close. Yeah, agreed. And the other one was Nick Cassianos in the outfield, well deserved. Again, a couple good years in a row here. Um, almost broke the National League doubles record a couple years ago. When yeah. He went to Detroit, and then he went to the to Cubs there. Mm-hmm. Um, so well deserved and. Last one for the National League. Most likely will be the last Silver Slugger award given out to a pitcher. That's mm-hmm. Max Fried. Also winning the gold glove there. Yeah, also so. winning the gold glove. So he had a good year and won the World Series. And won, what, the clinching game? Uh, yeah, yeah. Through. So, I mean, he's had a great run of it here. Yeah. It, was but, he the one that threw five no-hit innings, too, in the World Series or whatever? Was it him? I or? that was Ian Anderson. Oh, okay. That one. But I was he did pitch say. game six for the, the Braves of Clinton. Yeah. But um, most likely will be the last Silver Slugger award given to a pitcher. It's going to go back to Max Fried. So that's a pretty cool little little note, a little something extra to that one, like we mentioned, the Hank Aaron Awards. But there's a little something extra there. Yeah. You know, going down to history books, it's going to be, unless things change or the CBA is different or – Pitchers come back. I, I don't see how he's not the guy. Mm-hmm. So that's something to remember yeah. um, for future trivia questions in history of the game. Yeah, which is pretty cool. Uh, you know, to be no matter what, you're in the history books. It's kind of like uh, um, I believe his name was like Antoine Richardson, who scored on Jeter's last hit 
the you know, head, the yeah. walk off head. It's kind of like these guys are who gave up the home run to Barry Bonds or you know things like this. And you're kind of you're just inherently a part of history, even though it may not be exactly what you want to be remembered for. You know, it's not like Max Fried's like, oh man, I can't I can't wait to be the silver slugger as a pitcher. You know, it's like it's great honor, but it's not exactly what you're Mitch shooting Williams. for. Yeah, Mitch it's with Joe Carter. Yeah, you know, but uh, yeah, that's. I mean, we might be jumping the gun a little bit, but I mean, I think it's all but all but gone that he's you know silver sluggers. You yeah, know, the pitcher hitting is is all but done unless the rules really change or the league is just goes crazy, or fifty years from now they bring the pitchers back, <laughs> which I think is probably the most realistic thing. You would see pitchers come back and hit, yeah. rather than no DH next year. I think that's actually more realistic, which just sounds crazy, but no, yeah, you see a uh, like um, a revisionist history where it's like, well, the pitchers that was the best when they were hitting, you know, and people or think, have both make a ten man yeah. lineup and have yeah. a DH and pitcher. You never know. You wouldn't I? I would not be surprised. No, you, no, you have point, a better chance of something like that happening than you do with pitchers hitting next year. Sure. Yeah, I agree. I think. I agree. But those were your silver sluggers for the American League and National League. Um, obviously, there's other guys at those positions that could have won, but there wasn't many of them, if any of them. I don't think there's any that I looked at and I said, wow, that's kind of surprising. Yeah, no, Each they one all... of those guys, I was like, yep, that that's they hit that around the head. Platinum Glove, they hit pretty good. Gold Glove, they hit pretty good. I think their awards this year have been actually good. Yeah. They really haven't been. I was like, ah, that guy, you know, some years we had Cy Young. A couple years ago, Kluber's first one. I was like, oh, I don't know about that. You know, we had some other awards. Gold Glove's always been a, you know, you know, Kind of one up in the air. Silver Slugger sometimes. MVP, we had, uh, who was it, Verlander won the MVP. I think Kershaw won one too, right? Mm-hmm. Yep, both of them. Didn't like that, either one of them. I think this year, awards so far have been pretty much, you know, very respectable. We were like, that's, yep, that's how it goes. Sure. It's like, that's that's how it should be. He wins, you're like, yep, he wins this. It's not like, oh. You know, I'm not sure why we have a guy who played five games. J.D. Martinez up for a gold glove the one year. He played like seven games in left field. It's like, why are we doing this? Yeah, yeah. What is the what is Seven the games process? he was out there could not have been there very good. Yeah. So, so far I've been pretty happy with the awards. Um, and really the offseason. We've had some excitement so far. Um, and a lot of stuff in, in the works. Sure. Uh, some Yankee trades, uh, the Pirates with Reynolds, um, you know. Uh, the Cubs possibly Wilson Contreras. And, you know, those talks have been, you know, they were kind of earlier offseason or like Still season was playing. They said that, but, you know, that kind of calmed down. But uh, Yankees with, you know, Olsen and the A's um, trying to change Chapman maybe to the Mets. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Correa and Seager, those deals kind of, you know, coming to fruition here. You know, Freeman and talks, you know, communicating with other teams. So everything's kind of moving quick, Yeah, which is good. And then sure. the awards are coming out. It's just excitement here. Uh, of course, building into uh, what we mentioned yeah, a couple weeks ago, possibly the dark days here, of um, on not knowing what's going on. Sure. Yeah. I mean, um, you know, you have uh, what could be a really uh, big stretch here of time where you have people getting signed like crazy, uh, trying to get before December first. You have the award season. You have, you know, just the CBA in general hanging over everyone's head, which could cause the you know could crash the party. Uh, but overall, yeah, I, I think it's uh, first of all, like you said, the awards have been great. I think that all have been deserving. There's no real upset. Um, you, there's arguments to be made, but I don't think there's really anyone going to be complaining too much about, you know, who got the gold gloves, who got silver sluggers, obviously Hank Aaron. The, those awards make sense. So, you know, uh, I'm pretty good with that. And I think the offseason is going to really start kicking into gear soon with the signings. I think there's going to be like a crunch before that December 1st, and you're going to see some major names start to get signed. So 
we will see what happens with that. But since it is, um, since it is awards week, as of recording this, we always record on Monday and we just saw the, while we had our predictions in for all four awards, we just saw the actual winners of rookie of the year. Um, so why don't we just get into kind of, uh, who won that and then our predictions for the next few days on who's going to win the major awards. So starting with the AL rookie of the year, we just saw, we're recording this about an hour after they uh, announced the three candidates were Randy Rosarena, Wander Franco and Luis Garcia for the uh, Astros. So Ray's having two rookies of the year, even though Randy Rosarena really doesn't even feel like a rookie. So out of the three, uh, Randy Rosarena won the rookie of the year pretty handedly. Luis Garcia in second, Wander Franco in third. While I did think that Wander Franco might have had a case there, he just, I don't think he played enough. And that's kind of how I felt too. He only had like seven home runs, like 40 RBIs. But he had that uh, on base streak. So uh, he got quite a bit of votes there. He came in third. Luis Garcia had like a, he had a 3.480 RA, pitched a fair amount, 11 wins, you know, pretty good rookie uh, start to him. And Randy Rosarena, again, not really feeling like a rookie, uh, had a 2020 season, 20 stolen bases. He ended up having uh, a little bit more than 20 home runs, 274 average, 69 RBIs, and had the highest war of the three. So um, makes sense that he would win it and was a big part of the Rays team and lead, you know, helping lead off their lineup. So yeah, I thought a Rosarena made sense. That's kind of who I was thinking was the front runner. Yeah. I think he made pretty much sense just because really, um, Franco didn't have the games to match. If Franco has the games to match there, I think he wins it. Yeah. Um, or if Adoles Garcia, I believe finished fourth. Um, if he would have not had such a bad, for yeah. the most part, second half, I'd say yeah. from at least August on was really not good. Yeah. Had a rough second I half, think he yeah. would compete there. Also, I think a big thing, even if those guys had full seasons, Let's just, you know, I don't really care what they say. Uh, last year's postseason run almost won Rosarena the Rookie of the Year this year. Yeah. As long as he had decent numbers, he was winning it. Mm-hmm. Since from last year's postseason run. There's just, no matter what. Yeah, they wanted to give help. something. You can't forget what he did that year, so that was going to help. Mm-hmm. But uh, Randy Rosarena, that was, you know, again, with the with the other games not really being, you know, Juan Franco having the full enough games and Adoles Garcia kind of falling off in the, really the back half of the year. Randy Rosarena made sense. Well-deserved. You know, 2020, you know, led the late, I think led the rookies in RBIs and, yeah. you know, a bunch of stuff like that. Um, but he had, he had a really good year. Yeah, and it comes down to, uh, like you said, with Dolis Garcia. Dolis Garcia got more first-place votes than both Franco and Luis Garcia. So maybe there should have been a case there for him to be in the place of Wander Franco because Wander Franco, while had a pretty unbelievable stretch after his first few, like his first week or so, he was a little rough, uh, he was pretty unbelievable. Yeah. towards the end of the season. So yeah, it was like a Sanchez run there. <clears throat> Sanchez had years ago where he only had like, what 50 games. Yeah, it was yeah. It was, he had yeah, Wander Franco had 70 and uh, um Sanchez had like 2 months. So he probably had like 60 50 60 games. Yeah. So, but yeah, Randy Rosemary yeah, it made, you know, a lot of sense. He obviously was a big piece on why the Rays got there. He's still home in the playoffs and he just does a lot of crazy stuff. Mm-hmm. Great defense. Um so it made it made sense. You can't really argue there. No. Yeah, that pretty much uh, that was pretty much what I, like I said, what I was uh, kind of thinking. So then on the NL side, you had Dylan Carlson, Jonathan India, and Trevor Rogers. Trevor Rogers being the Marlins pitcher. I know the for me at least the Rogers get mixed up with the one over at the Giants. Well, the twins um, is twin brother. I don't think. Taylor Rogers, Tyler Rogers, and Taylor Rogers. Yeah, I was trying to remember two them all. Related to them twins, one's nothing near them. I don't think. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. It's quite the you know. 
Mr. Yeah. Rogers out there. That's why I tried remembering. I'm like, okay, which one is this again? <laughs> but um, so the winner here um, was Jonathan India, which I thought, again, um, I kind of had him as the front runner. Um, he just, while Dylan, Dylan Carlson, believe it or not, had pretty comparable stats. I'm just right here. Jonathan India batted 269, Dylan Carlson 266. Uh, Jonathan India, 21 home runs, Dylan Carlson, Dylan Carlson, 18, Jonathan India, 69 RBIs, Dylan Carlson, 65, uh, 376 on base for India and a 343 for Carlson. So a little better, um, just, a, just a notch up in a lot of those stats, even though I think Carlson, uh, it said he, he was the leader in, in hits for rookies. Uh, India had the higher war and I just, uh, with Trevor Rogers, well, Trevor Rogers had a 2.64 ERA, 157 strikeouts. He only pitched 133 innings, was only seven and eight. Didn't really do wow. <laughs> quite enough. Well, he was at the Marlins, so, yeah, um, I Sandy Alcantara, how he feels. Yeah. Um, so I don't think he really did enough. I believe he did come in second, the voting, but Jonathan India won, almost swept it. It was almost unanimous. I think he had 29 first place votes. Um, so in Jonathan India takes it home for the NL, uh, again, kind of what I was thinking was his, was the front runner. I think actually Dylan Carlson, I was thinking he could have been the, the sleeper, but because his numbers were just a little bit below India and in almost everything, it just made sense that India kind of took this one. So, so again, you know, makes sense. I, I think India deserves it. He had a great year. So, yeah, um, Jonathan India, I think was the front runner there. Um, a little closer race, I think the National League, at least looking at it, rookie of the year, you know, Dylan Carlson had a great year. Trevor Rogers had a great year. Came a little bit more out of nowhere. Dylan Carlson was a preseason pick for rookie of the year. So, but I think India made a little bit bigger splash on a team that kind of needed it more. Mm-hmm. Cardinals had a little more depth and Carlson just had a good year. He just never really, you know, really stood, stood out too much from a lot of the other talent on the Cardinals. I think the Reds really needed Jonathan India and it kind of stood out more. Right. Right. Um, I think India had a little bit more hot streaks. Yeah. Dylan Carlson was a little bit more steady. He was, yeah. I had him on my fantasy team. He was pretty much the same all year. Yeah. You know? Well, India had some real hot streaks. Really, you know, kind of stood out. So made sense. Jonathan India, um, really good player, um, and had a really good year. So, uh, I mean, can't take it from him. It makes it makes a lot of sense. Just I had Dylan Carlson preseason rookie mm. of the year. So I was kind of hoping to get that one right. Yeah, but damn close though. Is is if you. Guess someone in there in a finalist. It's just you can take that as a victory. So, so those are your rookies of the year. You had uh, Jonathan India in the NL and Randy Rosarani in the NL, or in the AL, excuse me, uh, both with the highest WAR of their respective finalists. So it makes sense if you're just looking at it from a sabermetric standpoint. Uh, So now kind of goes into our predictions. Uh, These aren't going to be. These will have an answer for them by the time this goes live. The manager of the year voting. That goes. That gets announced tomorrow, so by the time this goes up, you'll have heard, you know, we'll see if our predictions are right. So, let's start with the AL Manager of the Year. We have our candidates are Dusty Baker for the Astros, Kevin Cash for the Rays, and Scott, uh, I think I'm saying his name right, Scott Cervase for the Mariners. Yeah. I think this is a pretty good um, list here. I think that your underdog is Scott Cervase for the Mariners, obviously, because of how... Uh, yeah, how unexpected that team was this year, how really they, they really shouldn't have done anything, and all of a sudden they were there in the last day of the season. They could have won a, a playoff spot. Uh, Kevin Cash obviously had a 100-win team on his hands, pretty much blew away the American League. And you have Dusty Baker, who pretty much took the Astros from what could have been an awful, awful uh, you know time for them. You know, Last season they were sub-500, even though they went to the ALCS, 
and now this season they win the AL West and are pretty we're pretty much back on top. So uh, my pick here, uh, who I think is going to take it, who I would vote for, and I think who's going to take it is Dusty Baker. I think that your underdog pick, or well, who I think the other realistic pick is, is Scott Cervais because of just how unexpected that Mariner team was and how good they ended up doing. But I do, and because you could even say it's kind of like what they do with the Oscars. If you have the older guy that's kind of won the award, sometimes they hand it over to the other guy who hasn't won the award. Sometimes they like to be uh, political like that. Um, I don't know if that's necessarily going to happen, but me personally, I think that Dusty Baker deserves it, and I do think he'll get the votes. Yeah, I mean, I, of course, love Dusty Baker. Uh, Kevin Cash, I think he won it last year, and, um, you know, I just, uh, you know, I don't know there. Me personally, I think the Mariners got service. I think he wins uh, because that's a team that was expected probably to have about 100 losses or pretty close, mm-hmm. um, and they were in the hunt all year long, fought up and down, were trading guys away, traded their closer away, Yeah, was selling players for the most part, for future players, and they still, they still were one game away from making the playoffs and breaking that, that streak there. Um, I think I think he deserves it just because what he did. While Dusty Baker's a great manager, went to the, the World Series, that talent on that team was ridiculous. And Kevin Cash won last year and got bounced early in the playoffs. I don't think that's manager of the year. Mm-mm. So I think uh, service, because no one expected that. No. No one expected that. So no. I think he is, I think he's, I think he's going to win the manager of the year. Just, um, because of that. Mm. And uh, I don't know. A lot of people don't give Dusty a lot of credit for being a really good manager, I think, because of the lack of World Series wins. So I think that maybe the voters will think that too. But I think Scott Cervais uh, for the Mariners is, is – he should win. That's who I'm picking, and I think that's who should win. Yeah, I think those are your two guys. Uh, not anything against Kevin Cash for having a 100-win team with a low-ass low, low ass payroll. But I just don't think that – like you said, they got bounced early. They didn't really make any waves in the playoffs. They really didn't even – there wasn't even really much to watch there throughout the season because of how well they performed. Now you could just attribute that straight up to Kevin Cash and say, well, that's because he's so good. Um, but on the other hand, like I said, you have Dusty Baker weathering a storm with the Astros, continuing to weather the storm, go to the World Series. And then you have Scott uh, Cervais, who took a team that really was supposed to be in last or second to last and were right in the playoff hunt. So um, I think that Baker, Dusty Baker and Scott Cervais are your two guys. Uh, me personally, I think ba- Dusty Baker will win it. But I think Scott Cervais, like you said, is uh, is definitely in the running and I think could win. So we'll see what happens there. For the NL side, we have three guys. I think this is pretty much sewn up, uh, if, I'm, I mean, if I'm speaking for myself. But you have Craig Council, Gabe Kapler, and Mike Schilt. Council for the Brewers, Gabe Kapler for the Giants, and Mike Schilt for the Cardinals. Um, I think this is pretty much sewn up with Gabe Kapler. I think it's a similar situation to Scott Cervais, but on steroids. We have a 107-win team out of a, a team that really should have been fourth or fifth, like the Mariners, and uh, from a manager who was pretty much thrown out of Philly. Um, so I think Gabe Kapler, and he just got an extension, so they clearly like him there and want to see if they can do more like that. So I think this is a runaway. I think it's probably unanimous, Gabe Kapler. I don't think there's really even much to talk about here. Yeah, yeah. No, I think Gabe Kapler wins this, and I don't think it's really that close. The guy had 107 wins, broke the franchise record. It's been a franchise forever. And that was probably, you know, thirty at least 37 wins over projection. Got to be, yeah. So almost more wins over projected than teams had Yeah. this year. 
Like the Orioles. <laughs> yeah, or Diamondbacks or Pittsburgh. So mm. um, I think it's pretty much hands down Gabe Kapler. He deserves it. Um, I mean, he just did a phenomenal job over there. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, I think that's pretty much uh, – I think everyone's kind of on the same page there. It's just you can't really – the other guys do great jobs. Um, one of them's out of a job. So, I mean, it's kind of – it'd be kind of weird if he won. But the only other one I could see you making a case for is Craig Council. But they kind of got bounced early. So, it's – yeah. well, really the, the Giants did too. But for a team that wasn't even supposed to be even close to the playoffs. Yeah. Um, pretty good job there on his part. And, and one of the toughest divisions. Expected toughest divisions. Yeah. So, um, a Gabe Kapler takes hands down. Yeah, it's not even close. Um, so let's move on to the Cy Youngs. So we have the AL Cy Young first. We have uh, Garrett Cole for the Yankees. We have Lance Lynn for the White Sox. And we have Robbie Ray for the Blue Jays. Well, I think there's really stiff competition here. I think that all three pitchers really had good years. I think that uh, me personally, who I would vote for, plus who I think is going to win, is Robbie Ray. Um, guy had the best ERA. Or actually, no, I'm sorry. Lance Lynn had a better ERA than him. But uh, Robbie Ray had a sub-3 ERA, 2.84 ERA, 13-7. and seven. 193 innings with 248 strikeouts, uh, which led these three guys. Uh, he had the lowest whip of the three, 1.05. I just think that Robbie Ray uh, had the most impact, while Garrett Cole had 16 wins. Uh, he's on a Yankee team who which struggled, so it's not even you can say that it was, well, you know, he was on the Dodgers or blah, blah, blah. And, you know, he had a similar strikeout rate and whatever. Uh, and Lance Lynn had the lowest ERA at 2.69. I just think that Robbie Ray combined all the stats when you look at the whole picture here, I think Robbie Ray is your Cy Young, and I think that he's going to command the votes. And I think that you take him off that Blue Jay team, especially with the way their pitching was looking coming into the year, I think that team is a lot different. Um, granted, they didn't make the playoffs, but I think they would have been a little bit further off had uh, had he not been there and performed the way he performed. So I think that – I just think that Robbie Ray's got really had really good stuff this year and um, has good stuff, and I just – I think he's got it, pretty much. Yeah, I think Robbie Ray uh, wins the Cy Young. I think he deserves it. That's who I'd pick. Um, Garrett Cole fell off back half of the year. And, you know, his incident with the, you know, the spider attack. Uh, Lance Lynn, after first couple months of the year, was kind of forgotten about. Didn't really hear much about Lance Lynn. He got an injury. Mm-hmm. Robbie Ray was good all year. He's controlled his walks. Um, you know, he struck a bunch of guys out. He played with Toronto and eight different home ballparks this year in Buffalo and Florida and Toronto kept him in the, you know, kept him in the chase all year and was just dominant and, and one of the toughest divisions offensively in baseball. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Pitch against them all the time. So I think Robbie Ray should win it. I think he will win it. It just, he, he had <clears throat> above average way above his, his, you know, expectations. So like if Garrett Cole won it, like sure, you had a good year, but that's not an, even an expected, you know, expected year mm-hmm. for Garrett Cole. So it'd almost be like, oh, yeah, he won, but he had a down year. Yeah, right, right. Mm-hmm. Somewhat down year. So I think Robert Ray, Ray wins, and I think he should win. Agreed. Yeah, I, I think Cole's probably your closest here, and you know he's fifty you know, point five better in ERA, Robbie Ray. So and he had more strikeouts, which is hard, you know, hard to do against Garrett Cole. So. Um, I think that he pretty much takes it, and it might even be um, a pretty big gap in voting. So we'll see. Uh, the NL Cy Young side, this is the only time I pretty much disagree with what I think is going to happen. Um, and I think that there's actually a lot of – there's a really you could probably have a discussion for all three of these guys. Um, so for the NL side, you have Corbin Burns, you have Max Scherzer, and you have Zach Wheeler. Now, um, the person that pretty much had the most stats just – 
like had the most pitching in the year was Zach Wheeler, 213 innings, 247 strikeouts, 2.780 RA, 14 and 10. Guy had a really good year. But then you have Corbin Burns was 11 and five, uh, was really super impressive. I believe he broke the what the strikeout uh, consecutive strikeout record without a walk or, or whatever earlier in the year. Uh, he went 11 and five, 167 innings, 2.43 RA, really good ERA. Um, 234 strikeouts. So for a guy with 50 less innings, had 13 less strikeouts than Wheeler. Um, and they have Max Scherzer at 15 and four, really good down the stretch. Uh, 179 to third innings, 2.46 ERA, 236 Ks, uh, and had the best whip out of all of them, 0.86 whip. So I, I think, so first of all, I think that Corbin Bird's going to win this. I just don't know why. That's just what my gut tells me. Um, I just think that that's the way the voters are going to go although he would probably be my last pick out of these three guys personally. My personal pick would be Scherzer. I think that pound for pound, Scherzer had a comparable ERA to Corbin Burns, who had the lowest. He had more innings than Corbin Burns. He had a better record than Corbin Burns. He was better down the stretch for Cor- than Corbin Burns, had a better whip than Corbin Burns, and was very comparable in a lot of the stats, even though Zach Wheeler had a lot more innings and all this stuff was very comparable to Zach Wheeler. So I, me personally, I'm going with Scherzer. Uh, I think I do think Corbin Burns is going to win it. That's just what my gut tells me, um, knowing the voters. Um, but be straight up honest with you, there's a conversation for all these guys, and I don't think there's going to be a, a runaway winner. I think it's going to be pretty tight. Yeah. I think uh, I think Corbin Burns wins. I think the, the fascination and the love for the Brewers this year and their pitching staff uh, just mesmerized people. Because you look at Corbin Burns' stats, he had 11 wins. You know, he had five losses. He had 100, what, 55 innings? 167. I think you need 150 just to qualify, right? Something like that, yeah. Uh, so I, I don't really like that. You know, I didn't like it the year Blake Snell won. Mm. It made no sense. I mean, right. That sale didn't win that year. Um, so I think Corbin Burns going to end up winning. Yes, he had a great year. Uh, yes, it was somewhat unexpected. You know, he has, mm-hmm. But I think the real winner re- really is Zach Wheeler. Zach Wheeler was the best pitcher in the National League. Hands down, day in, day out, all the time. Yeah. He pitched seven, eight innings, struck everybody out, kept the Phillies in the hunt. Zach Wheeler, Bryce Harper. That was it. That was the that was the Phillies chase. That was what got them to where they got to. Zach Wheeler was hands down the best pitcher, I think. His stats I think may be a bit inflated because of his they they made him go deep in games. The one yeah. game he get what? A grand slam in the eighth inning on 130 pitches. Yeah, something like that. Because they had a win. So I think some of his stats might be inflated by that, but he, he was dominant. Mm. He was dominant. And yeah, Corbin Burns had a great year, but he pitched 160 innings. Mm. Zach Wheeler had 160 innings in what, August? Yeah. yeah. July? Yeah, finished 213, so Yeah, complete games, you know, strikeouts. You know, for a Phillies team in, in a offensive ballpark and in a division that had the World Series champions. I think he's your Cy Young. Hmm. Scherzer, you know, going to two different teams, going to a powerhouse with the Dodgers. His last couple starts, he felt, you know, fell apart a bit in the playoffs. He didn't really surprise me. You know, didn't really, you know, wow me. A guy who's won in the past, I, I just don't see his year matching up where it's like, uh, you know, again, if he won, you're like, he really have the year, I don't think, personally. Hmm. I just think Zach Wheeler had the better year. Zach Wheeler was like, this is this guy. Yeah, he's a workhorse. He's a Cy Young. I, I hate you can't have these guys win Cy Young have 150 innings pitched. Mm. He's a workhorse. Yeah, Wheeler. Yeah, he must well have a reliever. Yeah, Wheeler pretty much blew him out of the water with, uh, yeah. with the, 
the workload put in. Yeah, and, and so Corbin Burns had another 60 innings to his stats. Maybe he has a couple bad starts there. You know? I, I just, I don't know. I, I, you might as well have a reliever win it. Yeah, I know. You know, he shouldn't, Zach Wheeler, hands down, I mean, he put, he, he kept the Phillies in it. If he was, he was the best pitcher. He had the, he has, he had the best talent this year. You couldn't hit him. No, he was, yeah, he was good. You know, he, he had a couple games where he gave, you know, the one game he had to get, like, I think six runs. He gave Grand Slam late in the game. He had a couple games where he gave some runs like that. Otherwise, I mean, he was, hands down, one run, seven innings. Hmm. One run, six innings. Two runs, eight innings. I mean, he was deep in games. Yeah. Pitching 100, 120 pitches day, you know, every day. Yeah, I mean, look, 213 innings, and he still had a 2.780 RA. Pretty much banking a quality start out of him, you know. 2.78 so. with 60 more innings than the next guys. Yeah. And 40 more, 50 more than Scherzer. Mm-hmm. He had, uh, he had like 50 more than Corbin Burns. He had uh, 32 more than uh, Scherzer, which is like, you know. And the way Scherzer was gone at the end of the year, at 32 more innings and the way he was pitching, his year raised over three. Yeah. Because he was getting beat up. But uh, I think Zach Wheeler really put on more of the show when you're like, this guy's really hands down, lights out. So I think Zach Wheeler should win the Cy Young. I think they'll probably end up giving it to Corbin Burns because, again, their fascination for the Brewers and they really love their pitching. And he had a good year. I just think that Zach Wheeler put in, you know, he actually, you know, did, did the dirty work. He, he put in the Cy Young year. The right. stats you need to have Cy Young. He had him. Mm-hmm. Corbin Burns had him too. I'm sure they're obviously the finalists, but they just didn't have him in the in the in the, in the amount of innings and and how much they needed it. Right. You know, Corbin Burns is you know, you didn't even know the guy was pitching. Mm. Let's just get right down. Be honest with you. I didn't even know when the Brewers were playing. Right. Yeah. I don't know. Um, Zach Wheeler, you knew when he was pitching. Yeah, I think that um, I think that Wheeler is the like he's the ace here. If that makes any sense, like don't get me wrong, it's Max Scherzer also there, but um, Wheeler really was such a workhorse to the Phillies. You really had to bank on him if you're a Philly fan. Uh, where with Scherzer with the Nationals, you know, he was kind of just over there for a little bit. And then coming to the Dodgers, he ended up being really the workhorse over there for the last little bit. A star stud team in a, in a ballpark, the ball doesn't go very far at night. Well, you got Wheeler and Bang Box and Philly with who the hell knows playing defense. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then you have Corbin Burns, who um, was just part of that staff that just kind of went nuts this year with, with pitching. Um, Brandon Woodruff and um, uh, what's his name? That was the I can't think of the third guy. Uh, Freddie something. Um, Ray Peralta. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so you had Josh three. Hader yeah. So you had a, you had um, you had guys there that picked up the slack. It's not like it was just Corbin Burns had to be the horse like Wheeler. But I do still think that Corbin Burns wins it. That's just how I think they'll vote. Yeah. I don't know why. That's just what my gut's telling me. Yeah, I um, think so too. I think that. But again, I, my personal vote, I'd go to Scherzer. I just think the guy put in a lot of work towards the end of the year. Um, and his stats were, even though he was about, thir- like I said, like 32 innings less than uh, Wheeler, his stats were comparable. And he, you know, like I said, he put in uh, a good whip, high strikeouts. He was only 11 behind uh, Wheeler and had a 15-4 record, which I'm not a big record guy. I really could give a shit. You could be 0-12 as long as you had a lot of strikeouts innings and, and, and a good ERA. Um, but I mean, fifteen and four also speaks for itself, so it adds a little bit of uh, elevation to it. So, I think Burns is going to win it. Um, I could see the voters going in a different direction, but I, I just that's just what my gut tells me. I think yeah. I think Corbin Burns kind of yeah, wins it. I think it. they'll vote Corbin Burns. I, I personally think Wheeler. I, I put Scherzer last. I just I don't know. Scherzer's year just I don't know. This doesn't you know. Well, the reason I I go Scherzer over Burns 
is because had more innings, had more wins, had less losses, had more had more strikeouts, had a better whip. He basically beat him in everything except Corbin Burns had a better ERA by .03. So that's why I take Scherzer over Burns because he basically just beat him in everything and had him made a more impact on his team. I think. Um, yeah. While Wheeler, though, like you said, was the horse. Wheeler so I think I think that I think it's hands down. Really, I think if we have a conversation, it'd be Scherzer or Wheeler. I think Corbin Burns should kind of be like, well, he had a great year, and and honestly, for Brewers fans, it's going to be, he he's kind of like a uh, a legend now, and if you're a Brewer fan, uh, for good reason, but I think he should be kind of like, I think we should be, yeah. not to yeah, little yeah, not yeah, to yeah. little brother him, but I think we yeah. should talk about like the older brothers here, you know, like yeah, Scherzer Zach Wheeler. Wheeler. Should be, I mean, I, I just don't know Zach Wheeler, he was the the horse. You take, give me those three pitchers. I'm taking Zach Wheeler. I want Zach Wheeler pitching tomorrow. Mm. This year, the way he pitched this year, I want Zach Wheeler. Hands down, I don't want no one else. And mm-hmm. those three. I agree. I mean, sure as I don't know what I'm getting. He's 40 years old. Down a stretch, last couple starts, pitched like crap. Corbin, Corbin Burns, he had a great year, but he just didn't pitch. Yeah. He'd go five innings and they're out. Six innings, he's out. Never went deep in games, did he? Brandon Woodruff, I, I think, really went deeper, like... deeper in games. Yeah, Woodruff was more of the ace, I felt like. I think Corbin Burns just, he, he, five innings, six innings, five innings, five innings, six innings, six Wheeler was seven, eight, nine, seven, 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 eight, eight. Mm. You know, 120 pitches, and his, his stats are just way more, you know, Cy Young esque. Yeah. You know, so it's going to come down. It's going to be Corbin Burns, I think, and it's get them fascinations with those guys, which is fine. Mm. The same with Blake Snell that year. He beat Chris Sale. He, Chris Sale was Cy Young. Right. Right. Blake Snell had like 155 innings. He barely made it, and they're like, "Oh, this guy's the greatest." No. They yeah. just fell in love with the Rays and, you know, that fascination. Some guys, they just, they, they, they jump in their mind early and they're, they're stuck there. Yeah. Um, so, I think that was the case, but I think Wheeler really should be. I, that would be my vote. That's mm-hmm. who I think should get it. I think Burns is the one that's going to win it. Yeah. Yeah, um, I agree. Also, with being Scherzer's got his. That's, yeah, I, I kind of thought about that, too, where it's like, well, Scherzer kind of already, he's got the awards. He's got, he's got the medals. He's got the, you know, the World Series and everything. So, it's kind of like, well, you know like that political thing like kind of give it to the other guy but uh we'll see that's that's uh i think that's probably your closest yeah. or maybe an mvp we'll get to and he he uh last thing you remember out of him was getting kind of beat up in that one playoff start and then not pitching again mm-hmm. yeah almost like where's well, your Cy young i need him the most in playoffs yeah, yeah yeah it's not like you finish it. it's not like you finish like Bumgarner like going yeah you know, so that's, that's that's you know that's another thing that's gonna hurt him a little bit too yeah no i agree um so let's move on to the mvp awards um, I think the AL MVP award is pretty much locked up, uh, but let's go into it anyway. <laughs> um, you have Vladimir Guerrero Jr., uh, borderline uh, triple crown winner, had he, you know, had there not been just a bunch of other people going nuts this year. Uh, he had a 311 average, 48 homers, 111 RBIs, played 161 games, and as we previously mentioned, won the Hank Aaron Award. Uh, Shohei Otani had a 25 25 season, 257 average, 46 homers, 100 RBIs. Uh, pitch also pitched 130 innings, went nine and two with a 3.180 RA, uh, 150 and 156 strikeouts. Also, for reasons you could probably expect, he had the highest WAR by a lot. Uh, and then you have Marcus Simeon, who played all 162 games, 45 homers, 102 RBIs, batted 265, and had a 15-15 season. I think you pretty much can just lock in Shohei Otani, probably unanimous, maybe. <laughs> I think that uh, I think that the, the voters have pretty much already said that they already said it in like July that he's going to be the MVP. Um, I'm not necessarily opposed to it. Uh, I think that Vlad would probably get my vote, but you know, I've softened to the idea of Otani just because of, of, I've never seen this in my life. Um, It's, you know, it hasn't, 
it's been a long time in baseball since we've seen the dual threat here coming from a pitcher and a hitter. So I've softened the idea, especially again, he, you know, he stole bases. I didn't even know he stole that many bases. Uh, he had a 25, 25 year. So I think that Otani wins it. I don't even think it's that close. Um, even though these, you know, Vlad and Marcus Simeon had fantastic years, uh, especially just as a side note, Marcus Simeon is going to get third, but he had 45 home runs and 102 RBIs at second base position, yeah. which is, and played every day. So yeah, super impressive. Uh, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., triple crown candidate. Uh, but I think Otani pretty much walks away with it, not even trying. So Again, the fascination of Otani, I think, really is going to play a, a big role here. He had almost seemed like he locked it up in May, which was kind of weird. Otani, I think, wins his pitching stats, win him Cy Young. Without his pitching staff, I think it's no, no doubt, not even close, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. I think Vladimir Guerrero Jr. had the better year. I'm, if I'm taking a player this year on my team, I'm probably taking Vlad. I know you can say, oh, he does pitching, he does hitting too, but his hitting was so much more well, better. It was better yeah. than Otani's. Mm-hmm. It was flat out better. He plays defense. Otani doesn't play defense. Otani, Otani pitches. But, you know, I, I, I don't know. Vlad had a great year. Vlad was almost a triple crown. He was a triple crown. He's got to be MVP. Almost does it. He was just impre- he was impressive. He had mm-hmm. a great, great year. Otani had a great year too. Um, Otani's team didn't make the playoffs. Yeah. Vlad didn't make the playoffs. Vlad was in the hunt. Otani wasn't. That's going to count. I don't care if it's 1%. It counts a little bit that here team's in the hunt. Yeah. So I, th- I think Vlad had the better year. Otani's pitching wins him sight, wins him MVP. Yeah. Does it, and am I okay with that? That's okay. I get it. But that's, that's, that's the reason. Yeah. Don't, oh, well, he was, but be- no, he wasn't. He really wasn't. Well, pound for pound, he wasn't better than him. Yeah, I mean, if you look at it, I mean, if you want to just break it down uh, by offensive stats, I mean, Vlad had better stats in literally everything except stolen bases. And Vlad played defense while he's not, uh, you know, an elite defender. Um, Above average at first. Yeah, I mean, it's the pitching that takes it for Otani. And again, they're in the hunt. Toronto was in the hunt to the last couple games of the year. Right. Angels were out in July. Right. Angels were out when Trout got hurt. Let's be honest. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I think that, like I said, I've softened the idea because I get it. I get it 100%, but I'm with you. Like, if I'm taking a guy, I'm taking Vlad. It's just kind of where I'm one at. Year, that season on my team, and I'm building a team at it, you know, people's years, and I'm looking at them, I go, what, what stats do I want this year? I want Vlad's stats. Otani's great, sure. I want his. Yeah. Those were remarkable. Yeah. Those stats there, they're really, really good. Those were remarkable. Vlad, I think I'd vote for. Otani wins. Sure. Yeah, I think Otani, like I said, I think he did. It might even be unanimous. Simeon, great year. That's not, I'm not gonna, I don't want to get all into his Simeon, but Simeon, second base, come back after bad last year, after a bad years ago, in, uh, um, errors, great season, great, I mean, great go of it. Played every day, needed him the most, he hit every single day, all the time. Stole yep. bases, did a little bit of everything. So Simeon, great, great, great year. And that's, yeah, I just not, want... Can't compare to these two guys. No, no. He's uh, in the National League... Yeah, he's pretty much he's pretty much got it. He's pretty uh, much right there. He's got yeah. I mean, we'll get into it, but he's pretty much got better stats than almost everyone except average. So, so with that, let's get into the NL MVP because, like I said, AL is pretty much locked up. You know, this is. I think there's a discussion here. I think that this is not quite as locked up as the AL MVP. So, for the NL, you've got Bryce Harper with the Phillies, Juan Soto with the Nationals, and Tatis Fernando Tatis Jr. with the Padres. Uh, Bryce Harper, 309 average, 35 homers, 84 RBIs, 42 doubles, 429 on base, a 615 slugging, and he won the Hank Aaron Award. 
uh, Juan Soto batted 313 with 29 homers, 95 RBIs, uh, 465 on base, had 145 walks, and had the highest war of the three. Uh, meanwhile, Fernando Tatis Jr. batted 282, uh, 42 home runs, 97 RBIs, 364 on base, 611 slugging, and had a 25-25 season. So there's an argument for all these guys. Um, I even kind of had a hard time picking myself because I just think that uh, while I think that Tatis' defense drags him down a bit more than people really think, um, fantastic offensive season. 42 home runs, 97 RBIs, 25 stolen bases, 6'11", slugging him. And the guy, is, the guy rakes, and he's young. You know, he's like Vlad over uh, uh, on this side of the of the league. Then you have Juan Soto, who's, again, young, batted three thirteen. You know, he had the highest war of everyone, so if you want to get into sabermetrics, you have him. But then you have Bryce Harper, who won the Hank Aaron Award. A ridiculous slugging, I think a career high for him, who's uh, he's a 10-year vet at this point, believe it or not. Through a nine average, 35 homers, um, pretty much took the Phillies on his back offensively and said, I'm trying to get to the playoffs here. <laughs> um, so I think this is very close. I actually had a hard time picking, but I think that Bryce Harper wins it, and I would take Bryce Harper. My other pick, because I had to pick between two, is Juan Soto. Yeah. Because highest war, higher average, higher RBIs, higher on base. You know, he had a lot of things going for him. But me personally, I, I think Harper takes it. I just don't know why I think that's the direct... Granted, these are all darlings for the voters. I even think Fernando Tatis Jr. has a legitimate shot of taking it for, for the voters. Um, that's not where I'm going personally. Again, had a great year. But I think that Harper takes it. Yeah. But I think Juan Soto should be your other guy that you're kind of throwing in there. I, I think if I was voting, my, my, my real trouble voting here is... The lack of RBIs at all of them. I know. All, incredible. all under 100. Um, Fernando Tatis is out. He should not win MVP. I, I don't care. Come see me. Come fight me. Beat me up. I don't care. Fernando Tatis is not MVP because, one, that team was way, way, way under projection. Mm-hmm. Wasn't even close. Did not make the playoffs. Got beat by the Giants. I mean, did, at one point, they were below the Rockies late in the season. I mean, no. He didn't play nowhere near enough games. Guy was always hurt. Defensively terrible. Terrible. He had to move him to a position, out of position, because he had like 25 errors in April. Mm. Awful. Great player. Don't get me wrong, but not MVP. Take him off the team, the team's going to miss the playoffs just just as good. And he he just didn't play games. What do you have? 100 games played? 112? Maybe? Uh, yeah, I didn't I didn't look. It was it was not 100. Many. It was like 130 or something like that. Something That's in that ballpark. That many. Soto, I think, I think Soto wins the MVP. They love him. Great second half home run derby. Yeah. Home, run, home, run, home run derby saved his stats. Mm-hmm. Get the power back in him. Surprisingly, on a on a bad offensive team, not much support around him. I think he'll win MVP. I think Harper again did. It. He is the most valuable player. Mm. If you want to put it that way? Take Harper off the Phillies, and they had forty wins this year. <laughs> so he's the most valuable player. If you want to go by that, you know, oh, yeah. take him off the team kind of thing. So that'd be your most valuable player. But your actual MVP award, I know it sounds stupid because it's the same thing, means the same thing, is going to go to Soto. Mm. I think Harper needed a little bit more RBIs. I think the RBIs hurts him. I think he just didn't... You look at his stats, you go, boy, he had a good year, but they still think Harper should be like 50 home runs like Trout. Like, his guy's like, he should be putting Babe Ruth numbers up. So I think people are going to look at him and be like, you no. could be better. Yeah. It's Even though his stats were great. I mean, his stats are, I mean, easy. Easy. One of the best players in all of baseball this year. And carried the Phillies. Uh, I just think 
they don't give it to Harper. He won one, and you see the year he won. That what three thirty three? Yeah. He had like forty home runs, hundred twenty RBIs, something like that. And you're like, that's the year. Soto, I think wins. They love Soto. Well deserving. Couple of years in a row now where he's been pretty good. Uh, won the you know won the World Series. I think, I think Soto wins it. I think if I was voting for someone, you know, I it would be really close. I might vote Harper, but mm-hmm. then looking at Soto's stats, Soto was a little bit better. Seemed like, but even less offensive staff. Yeah, I, I mean, take save extra base hits like doubles, home runs, and stuff. Uh, Juan Soto pretty much takes Harper and everything. Harper's probably a better fielder, right? I think Soto's pretty a little above average uh, out there. Know, I, yeah, Har- Harper makes more of a splash in the outfield. Right, right. Say. You go, well, he makes some plays. Soto kind of, yeah. he's above average, but like, you, you know, you see a good play, I'm like, all right. Harper, it's, it's more perennial mm-hmm. all the time, kind mm-hmm. of. But, um, I, and I just don't know if it's strictly stats, you know, Soto, but I, I do like the idea of, you know, what you did for your team. And if you're not there, I do kind of take that into effect. So, I mean, I, I'd like to pick Harper for me. I, 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 it would go back and forth like I just did right now. I almost had Soto. I probably would maybe vote Harper mm-hmm. because of how much he did for the Phillies. But I think Soto is, is, the, is the MVP because his year was just, was just, you know, just as good and with no help and just, uh, you know, day in and day out kind of guy. So yeah. Tatis just didn't play enough games. I just don't see Tatis as enough games. The team way underperformed. Defensively, he had to lose his position because he was, you know, that bad. Had the argument with Machado because he was doing stupid stuff at the end of the year. You know, I just don't see. I also think that if Tatis can stay healthy and on the field, you're going to see much better years out of him. I think that this isn't, you know what I mean? I think you're going to see an MVP year out of him, if that makes any sense. Yeah, you know? he just didn't stay healthy. And mm. the team way underperformed. You know, you can't say he's that valuable. If you take Tatis off, they're going to have 70 wins. Mm-hmm. Right. So... No, I, I think Soto or Harper, I, you know, I think personally I like to pick Harper just because without him, the team's nothing. Without Soto, the Nationals were still going to be nothing. <laughs> With Soto, they're still nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, so that's going to be really, really close. I think they give it to Soto, though. Also, Harper has one. Right, and he won the Hank Aaron, so it's like you said, they kind of sometimes like to yeah, yeah flip um, it. You know, so we'll, we'll see. Um that's going to be really close. I think that's your closest one pound for pound. Um, or your closest race. Uh, you know, I, I think, I mean, I think the NL Cy Young's really close. I just think that they're going to give it to Corbin Burns. Yeah, that's, yeah, I know. So it's I just know. like, it's yours. Yeah. You know, I think the MVP is up for grabs because they do like them all. I mean, if Tatis wins, I'll be, I will be very upset. <laughs> I will be very, very I wouldn't upset. be surprised. I'll be very upset because he doesn't deserve it. you got to yeah. play more games. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think he played 130. If he did, then, then great. I just don't think he played 130 games because yeah. the guy missed... With his shoulder, he missed he won a 10-day DL twice. Mm. That's at least uh, 20 days. You're talking, let's say, nine games out of those stretches. That's 18 games right there. You had to miss a couple games in between. Yeah, uh, I'll get I'll get your I would answer say he right now. 120 at most. Okay. Let 122, get... something like that. So he played, um, he played on the dot 130 games. Okay. Here's a question for you because National League. How mm. many did he start? You can't find that. You're not going to be able to find that. No, quickly. no, no. But, because again, he came in as pinch hitter quite a bit with mm. those shoulder injuries, if you remember. Mm. I mean, he sat, he pinched hit, he pinch ran, and stuff like that. So that's probably five, six games, handful. So he probably started 125 games. Right. He had he had 478 at-bats, for what it's worth, if that tries to well, help he you. He walk a lot. Yeah. Well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so had 185 walks, or whatever the hell he had. Yeah, he had 146 or something like that. 146 walks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Pretty cool. And he had a 500 at-bats, I bet. Mm. Pretty close. Yeah. So... 
I just don't think Tatis played enough. Again, didn't help this team do anything. You can say the same with Soto, but, you know, Soto's team was supposed to be bad. Mm. And they were bad. Yeah, that's true. Harper kept it alive. Harper <laughs> and Zach Wheeler, without those two, the Phillies might have had 20 wins. Mm-hmm. And they could be your two big award winners, and I'll say Young and NL. But they hurt so. each other. We've seen that in the past with MVPs. Right. Two yeah. MVPs on the same team, or they almost split votes because, oh, oh, we didn't have him. He still would have did good. The team was still been done. They almost hurt each other. So you're going to have that, I think, with the Cy Young and, and the Phillies. It's like, oh, well, if he didn't have him, he still had Wheeler. Oh, you didn't have him, he still had Harper. And they just bang their head against the wall, and they're like, ah, oh, let's vote this guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. But, I mean, that's, that's a good race, and I think that it's going to be much more interesting than the AL MVP award. So, uh, we'll see what happens there. That's kind of our, that pretty much wraps up our, yeah. our predictions but with that. You would have put Simeon in National League. He would have been your, probably unanimous. Yeah, he MVP. has. Yeah, I mean, the only thing that hurts I, Simeon is his average, 265. I, I think you could have put probably your top five guys that are going to be in the American League in the National League and would have won it. Salvador Perez is probably going to finish top five, right? Gotta, and yeah. Matt Olson. Mm-hmm. I imagine Matt Olson's got to be top five, maybe he's top six if you really want to. Sneak around with it. But Matt Olsen mm-hmm. had an unbelievable year as well. Mm-hmm. I would say Matt Olsen and Salvador Perez, you could probably add those to the National League. They're, either one of those probably win National League. You, National League MVP was, I think, just a, the stats just didn't really hold up. Right, yeah, so they you weren't. Have, like, you're like, where's the RBIs? Where's this? You're kind of missing, you feel like you're missing something. Yeah, I mean, Everybody imagine. You look through and you're like, he's got 100 RBIs, 40 home runs. He's playing great defense. He's all around. He's walking. He average is high. You're like, yeah, that's, that's, that's a year. You're almost like the National League MVP. You're almost looking at it like, is there still like three weeks left? Mm-hmm. You're almost like there's, there's still like three weeks left of the season for those guys. Like you're missing that. You, you don't have the stat. Yeah, like, yeah. It's not jumping out at me. I mean, you could even take Rafael Devers or Aaron Judge and throw them on there, and they probably are comparable to a lot of those guys' stats. So especially Devers with his RBI count. So I mean, it, yeah, the NL list felt almost to- like they felt all kind of right there you in a bundle. Your, you're still missing September. Like you <laughs> yeah. didn't have the mic. You're like, oh man, this is gonna be a great race. It's like, what happened? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. You're just missing something. I don't know. I, you know, RBIs is a big thing. 100, that 100 is a big number. Mm-hmm. And they all missed it. And they all missed it. Mm-hmm. They all missed it. And he's like, you can need 100, man. That 100 is, that stands out. Mm-hmm. Uh, sure. That's a great year. He drove a lot of runs. And then you had 47 home runs. You only had 96, right? 42 home runs? 47? He had 42, and he had like 97 RBIs, yeah. I, I mean, you had, for every one home run, you had a little over two RBIs. It's like, yeah. Yeah, Usually the idea is to get 33 to 35 home runs, you should have 100 RBIs. Mm-hmm. 42 home runs, you got to have 100 RBIs. That's, yeah, right. So, it's I not agree. his fault, I get it, but, you know, come on. But still, yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> so. Especially coming from what they were supposed to be, Slam Diego, oh God, so. Yeah. so um, but that's that's our uh, that's what we're looking at for the awards. Again, uh, two of the awards, one we heard and one we'll hear before this goes live, so yeah. uh, we'll see what ends up happening with that. The NL MVP for me is the one I'm looking at to see what happens. And real quick, just throw this one last thing out there. I think, to be honest with you, Jay Cronenworth is probably more valuable to the Padres this past year than Tatis was. Yeah. Played I just mean, about every day all over the field. Great defense. Did a little bit of everything. I think he was a little bit more valuable for per, per that team than Tatis was. Stats won't, might not hold up, but true value. If you really break that team down and watch that team and, and look, you, you go, boy, this guy was here every day, yep. all day long. Yeah, him and, uh, him and Machado probably. Yeah, I mean, Machado, guys. he had some stretches where he was a little down, average was down, hit the ball good, just was down. But yeah. Corner words like, but this guy, man, he's stealing bases, hitting home runs, playing every position. He was doing a little bit of everything. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. It's going to be really good races. Um, Agreed. I think there's only 
you know, this last award year, the NLMP, I think if Tatis wins, I'd be very upset. Otherwise, I think everything else, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm okay with. Yeah, yeah, I agree. There's, there's a lot of talent there, and there always is. So, so we'll see what happens. Um, yeah. and uh, we'll know next week's episode. Maybe we'll uh, even recap, you know, the two big winners. See if, they, see if Tatis didn't end up, uh, yeah, yeah. didn't end up winning it. So, so we'll um, go with that. Other than that, last little bit here. There's a trivia question, which is the best part. Because uh, then I'll listen to Mike's terrible for you guys. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, uh, yeah, the trivia question. So, yeah, so we talked about Max Fried being most likely the last silver slugger for a pitcher. So, precursors for you. Who was the first pitcher to win the silver slugger? That'll be history. The silver slugger became an award, well, I guess an official award, in 1980. And the first pitcher to win it was Bob Forsh for the St. Louis Cardinals. He batted 295. With a 313 on base, 474 slugging, three home runs, 10 RBIs, and one stolen base. How about that for a pitcher? 295, that's like what? Fourth highest average in the American League this year? Yeah, but feels not, like. You know? Yeah. <laughs> you had Sanchez batting 204, so Bellinger batting 159, 163. So uh, 295, that's that's like this guy's the best hitter we ever see. Yeah, you're batting higher than, than one of the uh, – well, actually – you're batting higher than two of the AL MVP candidates and one of the NL MVP candidates. So <laughs> I, mean, I believe he had about 88 at bats. So it wasn't like hey, yeah, everything at bats, 40 at bats, 88. That's you know it's enough. That's a, yeah enough for a point where you know the averages kind of start even out a little bit. Right, right. You know, 40 at bats, you get a couple hits in a row. All right, you kind of up a little bit. But mm-hmm. yeah, so uh, Bob Forsh, 1980, for the St. Louis Cardinals, was the first pitcher to win the Silver Slugger. He also won it again, I believe, like 87 or 88. A couple mm. years later, he won it. Um, but we're looking at Max Fried most likely to be the last one, too. So I thought that was kind of cool to see because I never knew that. No. I didn't I, even know when Silver Slugger became an official award. That's uh, my first question. I was like, when was it an award? I don't even know. <laughs> yeah, you could have told me it was like the first award. Yeah. You're like, oh, okay. It was like 1902. Yeah. Or you could have told me they made it in 2000. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, either you know? way. Yeah. yeah. It's almost like the RBI stat, you know? You feel mm. like that could have been that should have been a stat in 1900, but you could have told me they didn't make that a stat till 1940. I'd like, yeah, it makes sense. Because <laughs> they're weird like that. Mm. Yeah, so. that's true. No, that's a good one. I, I don't know. Uh, I didn't. I didn't know it. Um, no. And if you knew it out there, then good for you. Or you're a big Cardinal fan. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but that's a tough one. Uh, it's just not a household name. So. Yeah. Um, a little bit of a tougher guess there. You yeah. Know. We're uh, spreading the wisdom. Yeah, there you go. Well, there's, I mean, there's, there's endless baseball trivia. You can uh, go into every. We can have every corner episode of, of trivia and, and never even touch and scrape the surface of, of knowledge. Yeah, not even hit a few decades. I'm sure. No, so. not even get close to, to what Vince Scully's seen. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's true. So I mean, it's just it's an incredible game with incredible history. That's just remarkable. Yeah. Hopefully, we don't see uh, you know a lockout, but uh, you know. Well, time will tell, and uh, by the time we start hitting our uh, every two weeks episodes, um, we'll have we'll be locked out. Yeah, we'll, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, we'll be locked out for sure. Um, and the reports have not been good. Uh, they said that they've never one arbiter or something said that they've never seen the two sides so far apart or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I always kind of say that though. I never mm-hmm. feel like, oh yeah, we're gonna you know never have baseball ever. <laughs> yeah, they always do stuff like that. So yeah. Uh, I th- it's just, I, it's not, it's not encouraging. No, you're you know? not like, yeah, we're, we're being all right. It's like, yeah, we're, we're all gone. Yeah. We're not even close. Yeah. So oh, good. we'll see. Um, but yeah, we still got a couple weeks left of, uh, baseball before we possibly hit the, the dark days and the dark ages of baseball yeah. again. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, so with that, uh, that's kind of all I had for this episode. We offered our predictions, and uh, there's not too, too much going on to talk about with the offseason. There's, I think, you're, like I said, there's, you're going to see a flurry of signings coming soon, probably maybe even some big dominoes fall. But until that happens, I don't really have uh, much else to update on. You know, no, that, that's pretty much it. We hit a lot of uh, news and and award stuff, so we really covered a lot of our um, what's kind of current day going on. You know, mm-hmm. so um, hopefully this news is helpful. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, guys, definitely. Uh, you don't have to go searching around for it. We did a lot of the legwork for you. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, if that's kind of all you got for this episode, um, why don't we uh, wrap this one up? Yeah, that's it. All right. Uh, well, thank you guys for listening. You can catch this podcast on Apple Podcasts as well as Google Podcasts and Spotify. You can listen on our regularly updated YouTube channel as well as our website, screwball.podbean.com. You can follow me on Twitter at RealMikeLapree. You can follow me on Instagram at MikeLapree. And you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at FDubsN. You can follow our official Screwball Twitter at ScrewballPod. You can follow our official Screwball Facebook at ScrewballPod. No Ian Screw. And that's it from us, guys. We'll see you next week. Yep. Take care.